Hello and welcome to Rooftop, the UK's only dedicated roofing podcast brought to you by NFRC. I'm Phil Campbell. And I'm Pip Applegate. In this podcast, we interview industry figures, thought leaders and technical experts to make sure you are leading your roofing excellence. We are again recording out of the studio for this episode as we continue to work from home, so apologies for any sound issues. In this episode, we'll be talking to our special guest, Patrick Drains, Professor of Energy and Buildings from the University of Southampton. Patrick joins us to discuss the findings of a brand new collaborative research report, which investigates the impact that climate change will have on roofs covering the existing stock of buildings across the UK. So welcome, Patrick, and thank you for joining us today. So we're now joined by Patrick. And Patrick, could you just start by giving us a little bit of background about yourself and what your research area is? Uh, hello, my name is Patrick James. I'm a professor of energy and buildings at the University of Southampton. Uh, my area of interest is how people live and work in cities, how do they use spaces, and of course, what's the potential impact of climate change going forward on our cities and, and what changes we'll have to make to address those challenges. Thanks, Patrick. Um, now, I was going to say, I know, Phil, that yourself and Gary Walpole, NFRC's Safety, Health and Environmental Manager, instigated this project. For our kind of uh, benefit of our listeners, could you give us some background on how it, how this research came about? Yeah, of course, Pip. So, um, it, I should say it's funded by the NFRC Charitable Trust. And the NFRC Charitable Trust relaunched last year. Um, it had a number of charitable objectives, and one of those was around sustainability. And Gary and I were working out, you know, what needs to happen in terms of the NFRC sustainability work. And there's a lot of focus at the moment around net zero. Um, NFRC is doing quite a lot of work around waste as well. Um, but what there's been less research into uh, in our sector and less focus on is around resilience. So we know the climate is going to change in, in certain ways. Uh, but how do we prepare our built environment um, for those changes? Um, so we put together a proposal and approached a few universities and we um, ended up um, coming across Southampton and their team there and we were really impressed with what they had to offer and that's how it all began. Fantastic so this is why we've got uh, Patrick here with us today. <laughs> so that's how we guess how we got here so Patrick now we have the research um, could you just start with the big picture so what can we expect over the next 50 years or so in terms of the UK's climate change? So I think we all know that the that the headline figures are warmer, wetter winters and hotter, drier summers. If you think about the, the UK overall, in the southeast, we already have really quite high water pressures and demands in the summer periods, and we know we're going to have challenges with overheating risk in the summer. But I'm sure many of you would have also noticed that we have these, these, these flash flooding events where you have these sudden downpours. So we have these twin challenges of overheating risk and hold, and also how to, how to deal with these sudden downpour events and addressing this, this flash flooding in the built environment, which is often dominated by hard services which don't promote uh, controlled drainage. 
we sort of almost touched on on some of those risks associated with the changes. Are, are there any other key ones that people need to be aware of? Clearly overheating risk. And we're thinking about um, our homes and going forward, we know it's going to get warmer in the summer. And so being able to sleep at night, for example, in, in heatwave events, I'm sure we've already experienced mm. that in recent years. Yeah. And and this flash flooding event in city centres is, is a real challenge to address. Mm-hmm. And how does that vary by region, Patrick? Because I know so you it's, 15 cities, didn't you, in, in the research, or, and you looked at building types within those cities. So what kind of things did you find? So in terms of uh, increased rainfall in the winter, that, that's going to be dominated in, in the north of the UK. The increased uh, rainfall rates there, mm-hmm. and as you would expect, the the highest temperatures are going to be in the southeast. So, in terms yeah. of overheating risk, it's it's dominated by the southeast of the UK. In terms of increased rainfall, that's northern parts of the UK. But just because we're having reduced rainfall per annum in the southeast, that doesn't mean that we are not going to be experiencing flooding risk because we're going to expect more intense, short periods of rain. And, yeah. and that's how we need to manage that rain runoff into our into our water system. Yeah. And like you said, sort of um, the fact that you've got such that that's such a large extent of hard surfaces in a confined area in a city, it's going to be sort of exasperated in that in that respect. Um, what what do you think the impact will be on the different roof types um, within the existing roofing stock? And presumably that's going to vary quite considerably. So in the UK, uh, house prices are incredibly high, and and that means we have a tendency to try and maximise the space of the buildings, of the houses we have. And so you you see lots of evidence of um, loft conversions, dormer windows and so on, dormer roofs. Um, Mm -hmm. These types of roofs and these, these loft conversions are particularly at risk of overheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, they often don't uh, promote cross-flow ventilation in the space, which is really important. And I'm sure some of your listeners who have these type of conversions will have already noticed the, the high temperatures that can occur in a heat wave. Yeah. And, and that's going to get worse going forward. Mm-hmm. So we looked at a various range of roofing types. And, you know, it's not surprising that particularly loft conversions and dormer roofs are particularly at risk from overheating in the domestic sector. Okay. Yeah. And flats were a bit of a risk as well, weren't they? So flats is true because you often have single-sided ventilation, so there's very little cross-flow in the flat, mm-hmm. um, and so that increases risk, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And so we talked a bit about, you know, some of the challenges we're going to have with these changes. Um, and so what are some of the things that we can do in terms of mitigating those risks? And in particular for our listeners, how can roofing provide part of those solutions? So the roof is one of the, essentially the primary climate moderators of a building. Uh, and so if you think about uh, the commercial sector and we think about flat roofs in particular, there are various roofing technologies which really make sense here in in terms of addressing both overheating risk and also controlling rainwater, stormwater runoff rates. And these are particularly green roofs and blue roofs. Um, 
which give these twin benefits of, uh, of cooling and controlling rainwater runoff rates. Another option is to change the the, the, the coating of a roof to increase its reflectance. It's a far simpler approach. Okay. And obviously, uh, blue roofs in particular are, you know, are only suitable for flat roofs. So in a residential sector where we have predominantly pitched roofs, mm. um, we may be looking at changing the, the, the colours of tiles possibly. You could consider if we add photovoltaics onto a roof, then effectively we're con converting a fraction of the solar gain into electricity, and that's not becoming thermal gain into a, into a building. But ventilation, so, think about maximising yeah. ventilation in a roof space is, is very important. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you mentioned some sort of innovative ideas then with, with regards to roofing technology. Um, do you think there are barriers sort of in, in place at the moment to sort of stop people you know, utilising these more at the moment? Well, if we think about um, city centres, for example, um, I think it's becoming increasingly important that whenever you have a building and it has a flat roof and that has a potential to act to control or to support the control of the flooding in that region, we should be adopting this measure to support that neighbourhood, not just yeah. to support the boundary of the building, but the wider neighbourhood to help control control flooding risk in particular. Yeah, look at all roofs basically having an impact on that, effect, that collective effect. Yes, and providing a communal good for that area. You know, yeah, I have yeah. a flat roof, therefore I have an opportunity to help address the uh, flash flooding risk in that region, in that yeah. area. Just to that, there's obviously kind of financial barriers as well, because obviously it's quite capital intensive to build a lot of these technologies. Um, so, you know, in our recommendations, we'll come on to some of the recommendations later, but it's about, you know, supporting homeowners if they want to retrofit their properties um, through financial incentives, but also for commercial property owners as well. Um, so when they're considering about whether to put solar PV or a green roof on top of their commercial property, you know, are there incentives there for them to support them? And also the planning side as well. A lot of this goes back to planning policy and, you know, London are leading the way in terms of green roofs, but could other UK cities adopt a similar approach potentially? Forward? Actually, do, would you have anything else to add on that in terms of barriers? Um, obviously, in terms of barriers, the construction industry is historically be, been quite uh, conservative uh, in its approaches. And so, you know, Philip's been describing, you know, new technologies, green roofs, blue roofs, and, you know, that would not be the normal business as usual approach. Mm -hmm. So there is that awareness of the technology and the opportunities and also the skills base in the industry to, you know, actually deploy these technologies, hopefully at a significant scale. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention the skills. That's a really important one. So, yeah, I was going to mention about the skills pip as well, because um, obviously there's going to have to be a lot of upskilling um, happening in the industry um, mm -hmm. to the challenges of some of these technologies and the, and the scale is, that is needed to adapt to climate change. But I actually think that's a real opportunity for our sector, particularly when considering attracting new entrants into the sector. I mean, we had roof on the last podcast, didn't we, talking about careers in the sector and yes. actually being able to position roofing it as part of, you know, the green skills um, kind of framework, and actually you can have a job within roofing that is a green skill. 
you know, and then helping to tackle and mitigate climate change is a real attractive thing, particularly for the younger generation. So I definitely think there's some opportunities there. But businesses now need to start looking to the future and see this is where, you know, this is where the tier one contractors are thinking now. This is where clients are thinking going into the future. And actually, if you don't have the skills ready, then you won't have that competitive advantage. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was going to say also, you know, with regards to the pressure on the sort of um, the cost side of, um, you know, roofing, it's sort of hopeful, obviously, that the government can some put some incentives in place maybe to to help support that shift to these different sort of um, roofing technologies being being adopted a bit more frequently as well to help that that change. Yeah, well, we, we put in about 15 recommendations in the report. Um, and exactly that, Pip, there's, there's so much we can do on this. And, you know, one of the reasons we did this report is really to highlight the potential of these technologies and mm-hmm. how it helped the UK. I mean, just look at those the two risks that we've highlighted, is overheating and flooding. Mm-hmm. Both of those are, are a huge risk to the UK. And when the government do their, um, every every couple of years, they do a adaptation strategy when they look at, they look at what the climate change risks are to the country and how to adapt to them. And really, what we're trying to do is position roofing as part of a solution to those risks. Um, so really, a lot of them are a no-brainer. They require extra cost and require some policy changes. But really, if we can get those right, then we, we can really unleash the potential of, of our roofs in this country to, to meet those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. I just, want, I just wanted to say that just to, you need to think about performance over the whole life of a building. You know, some of these roofing technologies that we're talking about are, higher capex upfront cost but you know mm-hmm. you, you need to think about the performance over the entire life of the building compared to what might be your normal business as usual approach yes yeah it makes perfect sense so phil where can we direct our listeners to to obtain a copy of the report because it's literally hot off the press so where can they head to absolutely so it's um on the nfrc website and we'll put a link in the description of the podcast um and um uh, actually, is it on? Will you be putting it on the Southampton website anywhere, or um, which you was direct on the page? Yeah, we'll make it available on uh, energy.sotton.ac.uk. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay, Phil. So, following on from uh, Patrick's sort of discussion about the research itself and the takeaways that we found within the document um, that was done, how can we convert those into sort of takeaways and considerations for our? members particularly our trade members i suppose but also our supplier members yeah so um i think this research i should emphasize is just the beginning so mm-hmm. we wanted to start with the evidence so we wanted to see you know what's going to happen in terms of the climate we've got some fantastic climate modeling that the researchers have drawn on we then wanted to see what the potential for our industry was to help and then that we've come up with these recommendations, which I mentioned earlier. Um, so in terms of our, our own members, it's really about looking to the future, looking at your own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if you have always done something in a certain way, think about where the future is, uh, what's going to need to happen, where policy is changing. So just one example, Pip, um, we recently heard from the government that they are changing building regulations from June next year in England. Mm-hmm. And that mean that we would have to have more thermally efficient buildings, so greater use of insulation, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also is likely to see an, an extra take up of solar PV uh, in roofs. And obviously, um, a favoured approach at the moment for house builders is um, built in solar PV. And that's actually what we prefer um, at, at the NFRC as well, because yes. 
is then built into the roof. And we discussed that on previous episodes as well. And so yes. if, if you're working in that pitch roof market, there's been a lot of focus from Patrick on flat roofing, but actually I think pitch roofing is really important as part of this as well. <clears throat> you're going to lose a certain segment of the roof to the solar panel. Um, could be up to 10 to 15% of that roof could be taken up by a solar panel. And significant. if you're not going to adopt your business to, for example, solar, that business will just go to, a, say, an electrician or another roofing contractor who has solar as part mm-hmm. of their office. So if you are in that market, I would seriously consider now about how you can adapt your business, diversify to bring solar in, whether that's just installing the solar panels and getting somebody else to then plug them in, like an electrician, mm-hmm. MCS accreditation. So I'm not saying necessarily you have to get MCS accreditation, or if you want to do that, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're in the flat roofing market and you're not looking at green roofing, I would suggest that, and the same with blue roofing as well. Um, yeah. So we set out all of those different technologies in the report. If you're not involved in those sectors, I would seriously consider looking at them. And what's great, Pip, is you mentioned supply members. We already have really leading supply members mm-hmm. in our ship who are already you know, our leaders in these technologies. They mm-hmm. have great training programs already. Um, so definitely work with those supply members to adopt these technologies attend those training sessions and make sure your teams are aware. So that's for the industry. Um, There is funding available um, from the government to innovate as well. Yes. That's an innovation. I think you came across a a fund um, from the government that I think um, that companies can apply for. Yeah, that's right. It was announced on the 7th of December that there was going to be £116 million in new government funding um, to help boost sort of green innovations across the UK. So um, there's more information um, available to our supplier members, you know, how to access um, or apply for that sort of government funding through the government website. Um, but yeah, it just shows that there's a, a you know a, a huge demand being put on the construction industry, especially roofing, to actually improve, um, you know, all the technologies and, and materials being used to help sort of this this issue. Um, yeah, so um, so definitely keep an eye out for those those opportunities. Yeah. Um, in terms of what NFRC is going to be doing after this research, so I've mentioned skills, so that's going to be a really big focus for us next year, supporting our members to upskill in these areas, mm-hmm. uh, but also and the lobbying work we do. So the great thing about this research, the positions our industry at the front and centre of a really topical issue, which is climate. Mm-hmm. But it's not um, just, um, you know, what the problem is, but the solution. And actually our industry can offer solutions to this. And that's a really yes. great feed. So our, our role next year is to really take this to the government, to the devolved nations, um, and um, really make the case for our, our industry uh, uh, as being a solution. Um, yeah adapting to climate change and breaking down those barriers I mentioned, whether that's through planning, through finances, uh, or just through, through policy that's stopping these um, roofing technologies being adopted. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at recommendations in, in the report summary, um, you know, there's there's a larger proportion of them that are at a government level, um, you know, as opposed to industry level. So sort of, you know, with the, with the hopefully the changes that we can see to our skill set. Um, and as you said, the innovations there, sort of the government pressure needs to come as well, doesn't it, to make those changes sort of happen? Yeah, absolutely. It's always a chicken and egg. Um, <laughs> see this with um, the retrofit market, um, you know, we have members who say to us, I'm not going to invest in retrofit because there's no 
policy from the government and then the, the government trying to introduce a policy, but they say there's no capacity in the supply chain. So you're <laughs> always going to have that chicken and egg. But I think but the, the government have a really important role here to set that signal um, to say, you know, this is the direction of travel. This is what we want our built environment to look like in 30, 40, 50 years time. And yeah. uh, we want you as an industry to build that. Um, and really, that's where you know, the planning policy is really important. And that's not mm. just government level, but that's also at a local authority level. Yeah, very much. Research is a lot of the a lot of the um, policies will need to be adapted depending on where you are. So London has a problem with the what's called the urban heat island effect. So the temperature at the centre of London is like uh, uh, much higher than it is on the outside of London because of all those buildings you have and uh, made of concrete and steel and and darker materials and yeah. Uh, green roofing has a real place um, that can help um, you know, <laughs> take that heat away, but also absorb mm-hmm. some water as well. Um, in terms of the flooding risk. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, up in Scotland, it's going to be more of the flooding, the flash flooding, the high rainfall, that's going to be the issue rather than the overheating. So really yeah. we have to then have that localised approach. And that's really where the regions have a really important role to play here um, to make sure that their city or their town um, is looking at these these future trends, looking at our industry and think about how they can prepare for these things um, down the track. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's really, really, it's a huge, a huge opportunity for our members, and it's um, it's something that should, should certainly be embraced and uh, and you know for them to not be left behind, if you like, with that with that uh, capacity that's going to be put on, put upon them in terms of the demand. <laughs> yeah, and, and as I said earlier, I think really for our industry, this is a real opportunity. Um, it's an opportunity in terms of skills and getting new entrants into the industry. It's an opportunity for for new work. Um, and it's really an opportunity to to make a difference um, and to help the UK with what is one of the greatest challenges that we face as a generation. So that's it for this episode of Rooftop. Thank you to Patrick for being our special guest, and we hope you've enjoyed listening today. Please do share with your friends and colleagues via social media, and we hope you tune into the next episode. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.